0: Before you leave this evening, I'd like to just remind you of just a brief instance of the Christmas story found in Matthew chapter 2. And before I begin reading the narrative, I do want to remind you of something. You know when you read in the early part of Matthew and the early part of Luke that not everything that you read in those two chapters happened the very night of Jesus' birth. As a matter of fact, there's probably a good chance that there's a spread of time in which it takes place. But it's in that vicinity and so I believe it's okay to read in those chapters even if it wasn't the exact very night of Christ's birth. If it's related to the Christmas story, I believe that it's okay for us to read it and to reflect on it tonight. And so in Matthew chapter 2, I'd like to read... The first two verses of the chapter where the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but several years ago, I had the opportunity to be out of the country during the Christmas season. Uh, For, oh, I don't know, probably 45 years of my life, uh, I've spent the Christmas season in America, uh, accustomed to our customs and our reflections and the way that we do things in our churches. But I'll never forget, it was the day after Thanksgiving several years ago. I left America. I flew to Japan. And uh, it would be in Japan that for two weeks I would do music concerts. I think I probably did 16 or 18 music concerts in 14 days and preached the gospel in mostly Japanese national churches. And uh, it was an intense time. It wasn't a vacation, but I was introduced to Christmas outside of America. I still remember laying on the carpet in the airport in South Korea. You're like, you laid on the carpet? Listen when you've been sleep deprived, you'll do anything to get sleep. I still remember laying there and I saw the hues of green and purple. It was decorated, but it just wasn't like the red and green that I was accustomed to here in America. I remember getting over to Japan and flying in the airport there, and uh, I still remember the festivities. For those people who are video gamers, there were Nintendo characters everywhere. Packages and bows and still not a lot of red and green, but nonetheless... It showed me that in other cultures, uh, at that time of year, it was a time of somewhat of celebration to them. In South Korea, in that airport there in Seoul, it was a time of celebration. When I got to Japan, it was a time of celebration. And I think it's safe to say that when we come to this time of the year, that we would even say here in America, it's a season to celebrate. But I'm afraid that there are many people that have no idea of what they're celebrating. And then there are others that are celebrating for the wrong reasons. I want to ask you tonight personally, why is it that you celebrate this time of year? We talk about Christmas. We say, well, I like Christmas because you're with family at Christmas. Well, I do too. Some of you say, well, I like Christmas because... Christmas time, we get presents. Well, can I just be honest and say, I like to do that too. But do you know that there's more to Christmas than just family gatherings and the giving and the receiving of gifts? As a matter of fact, there's a greater reason that I'm afraid that the world is grossly unaware of. And I want to take you back 2,000 years and I want you to see that these wise men, they were celebrating and they would even later give gifts. But the reason they had a season to celebrate was for one reason and His name is Jesus Christ. And I believe that that truth endures tonight and that God wants every individual in this room to not only know that reason, but to accept and receive, place their faith in that reason, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we read this narrative here about King Herod and the wise men and this exchange, there's several things that we see. The first thing we see is the inquiry inquiry of the wise men. When their question is, where is he that is born King of the Jews? They had heard from afar off. That somebody special was being born, his name, his term, his title, the King of the Jews, and they come into Jerusalem and they're asking that question Where is the King of the Jews? Where is Jesus? You know, that's a question that every person in this room would do well to ask as we come to this time of year Where is Jesus? For many people, this is an empty celebration. For many people, this is just a time of of parties and this is a time of just interacting with friends and family. It's a time of giving and a time of receiving. But you do well to ask yourself, what about Jesus tonight? That question led them to Jerusalem. That question led them to Herod's presence. As they ask that question. But not only do you see the inquiry of the wise men, but then in verses 3 and 4, you see the insincerity of King Herod. These wise men come to Jerusalem. They say, Where is Jesus, or where is is he that is born the king of the Jews? And in verse 3, the Bible tells us that when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. You know, word not only spreads in Lattimore, word not only spreads in Cleveland County, word apparently spread in Jerusalem. And the rumor has it there's something going on here. When Herod hears this thing about King of the Jews and he himself is ruling, he begins to get a little concerned. And the Bible says that he was troubled. And then in verse 4, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where, of where Christ should be born. In verse 7, it says, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared." And he tells them, he says, Listen, where is this Jesus? And later on, he says, When you find him, he said, You tell me where he's at so I can worship him too. And I'm going to tell you, Herod was about as insincere as the biggest phony you ever know. You like insincerity? I don't. Teenagers can discern insincerity. We as adults, We don't like insincerity. Well, if there was anybody that was insincere that day, it was Herod. When Herod asked, I want to know where he's at so that I can go and worship him too, he didn't mean that any more than a man in the moon. As a matter of fact, he would want to kill Jesus because he saw Jesus as a threat. But here was a man who on the outside acted like he was seeking Jesus, but on the inside he despised it. You know, it's this time of year that brings out a lot of insincerity in people. You know, it's easy on the outside, we play a game and we talk about Jesus and would even use the term, He's the reason for the season, however... Some in their own hearts know that they have no relationship with God, that they've never had their sins forgiven through the blood of Christ, and while on the outside they appear to be sincere, on the inside they're not. I want to ask you, when it comes to the Christmas season, is there a trueness in your heart about it? When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, you know that your sins are forgiven. Why? Because Jesus Christ washed away your sins in His precious blood. And that babe in the manger would die on the cross and go to a tomb only to leave it victorious so that you might be saved. This is not the time of year in which we need insincerity. We need people to see Jesus for who He really is, and instead of despising Him or rejecting Him, rather they need to accept Him. You see the inquiry of the wise men, you see the insecurity of Herod, but then you see the instruction of the Scriptures. Herod makes a demand He says, Where is this baby born? And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You know what the wise men... Listen, the wise men... I know a lot of times we think that the wise men... They were very smart and perhaps they were. No doubt they were very well educated, but they were called wise men because they were men of means and they were very wise in the studies of the world. But let me tell you, these men not only knew philosophy and not only did they know the things that were perhaps breaking in science or history of its day, but apparently they knew the most important thing. They had a familiarity or at least somewhat with the Bible. What is it that guided them to Jesus? It was the Bible. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we need the Bible just as much tonight as the wise men needed it 2,000 years ago. They would have never found Jesus had it not been for what was prophesied in Micah chapter 5. It's an Old Testament quotation here in the New Testament. When Herod said, how do you know He's born in Bethlehem? They said, well, here's what the prophet said. A lot of times in our day and time, you find people that are looking for signs and visions. There are people that say, well, I'm looking for signs of His coming, or I'm looking for signs about God. Can I tell you this book that I have in my hands tonight? It's a sign. It's truer than any road sign you ever saw. If you came in here tonight, you pulled in on Stockton Street, which later turns into Newhouse Road. Out in this thriving metropolis, you have Main Street, <laughs> which turns into Price Street and goes on to Peachtree Road. Now listen, you can trust those signs tonight. You came, you say, well, it was my GPS that told me what to do. Well, I'm sure you looked at signs along the way. But you know, this Bible tonight is a true sign. It will never lead you wrong. And this book did not lead the wise men on a goose chase. It led them right to the feet of Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, that book can do the same for you tonight. You're here and you're looking for cleansing. You're here and you're looking for peace. The Bible says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You're here tonight and you say, I'm lost. You say, I'm apart from God. I have no hope. Well, the Bible gives you good news. Here's the sign. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The wise men had enough sense to look at the Bible. I want to ask you, do you this evening? How do you know Jesus is being born in Bethlehem? They said Micah said it hundreds of years ago. But then you see the investigation of insincerity in verses 7 and 8. Herod privily called the wise men and inquired of them diligently of what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And as I mentioned earlier, here's Herod. He's insincere. He's not interested in finding Jesus. He's interested in destroying him. But the last thing that I want you to see is I want you to see the wise men and their introduction to the Savior. In verse 9, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You know what's really interesting? I didn't notice this until just a few years ago when I was reading this passage. The wise men, do you know when they first rejoiced? They didn't first rejoice when they saw Jesus. They first rejoiced when they saw the star. The star that would point them to Jesus caused them to have a happiness to arise in their hearts. And when I think of that, I say to myself, well, how much more happier they would have been when they saw Him with their own two eyes. In verse 11, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped Him. You remember the first time you saw your first child? Our first child was born in 1997. It just seems like yesterday he's he was born and now he's arresting criminals. The second one it seems like yesterday that he was born in Hendersonville now he's putting out fires. You know, it's amazing when you see that child for the first time dorm students here have no clue but one day they will and I hope they have lots of children. I hope they have ten apiece. (laughs) Populate the world. But when you set your eyes on a child for the first time, listen, that's a very special thing. Imagine the heart of a mother. When that mother has carried that child for nine long months through heartburn, late nights, sore ribs, you name it. And she sets her eyes on that child for the first time. And oh, how her heart glows. Listen, as special as a moment as that was, it doesn't compare to when here these wise men for the first time set their eyes on the Son of God who has come to save the world. You know, I've never seen Jesus with my own two eyes. I know that surprises some of you. Some of you say, well, if anybody ought to see the Lord, it ought to be preachers. Listen, there's no other person in this room that's ever seen God. The Bible says for us when it comes to God the Father, no man has seen God at any time. And I've never seen Jesus with my own two eyes per se, but I will tell you when I met Him when I was 12 years old. When I heard the gospel that was preached, that Jesus Christ came, yes, He was born, laid into a manger. One day He would be hung on a cross. He would be laid in a borrowed tomb. And the Bible tells me that all that transpired, why? So that I could be saved. And the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And it was as a 12-year-old boy, when I was in my bedroom... That that I called on Christ to be my Savior, I placed my faith in Christ, I repented, and I turned to God. And my life has never been the same. And I stand before you tonight and I tell you that there's coming a day when I close my eyes for the last time. One day I will see Him. The wise men saw Him 2,000 years ago. I saw Him, so to speak, as a 12-year-old boy. My question to you is, when have you laid eyes on Him? You know, there are a lot of people today, they celebrate the season, but there's a hollowness in their hearts. And my friend, it's possible for you to be born and raised in America and even be raised within the shadow of church steeples and have never really realized the reason for this season. Why? Because you have never truly trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What does Christmas mean to you? You know, growing up, Christmas was not a spectacular holiday. I don't know how you were raised. I was raised in a very poor home where holidays were almost like other days. You know the reason I knew that Christmas was coming? My dad would come with me. Now this dates me a little bit, especially you older timers would know this a little bit better. My dad would come to me with a Sears and Roebuck catalog and say, look through this and tell me five things you want. But it can't be over this much. I always had to qualify it that way. And I would just go pouring through the catalog and I would order whatever and it would come in before Christmas. I would nag my dad the night before, please let me have one gift and that turned into two and three and he finally put a stop to that. And then Christmas Day was just another day. And then, you know, after I got married, holidays took on a whole new significance. My wife looked at me and said, it's Christmas, would you please get with the program? But it was because of all my life. I, you know, condition as just especially as a young child, Christmas to me was just another holiday. But you know what? There are a lot of adults in this world. Christmas is just another day off work, and it's just a little break before a new year to go into an uncertain year without God and without peace and without hope. And folks, I want you to know Christmas time is a season to celebrate. And the reason it's a season to celebrate is because Jesus Christ came to die for your sins and for mine. And when we place our faith in Him, He gives us peace, happiness, forgiveness that the world could never give. And I pray to God that you'd leave here tonight truly celebrating Christmas.